Hi, welcome to Harvest Church Podcast. We pray that as you listen today, you are blessed and encouraged. Thank you so much for listening in. If you want any more information about our ministry, we'd love you to jump onto our website, harvestaustralia.org. Have a great day. Hey, I want to share really quickly today on what I've called delays and deliveries. Delays and deliveries. I want to start reading in Habakkuk chapter 2. Many of you are very familiar with this passage because it's regularly quoted. Habakkuk chapter 2, we'll throw it up on the screen, verses 1 to 3. And it says, I will climb up to my watchtower and stand at my guard post. There I'll wait to see what the Lord says and how he'll answer my complaint. So you're allowed to complain to the Lord. Habakkuk did it. (laughs) Then the Lord said to me, write my answer plainly on tablets so that a runner can carry the correct message to others. The vision is for a future time. It describes the end and it will be fulfilled. If it seems slow in coming, wait patiently for it will surely come to pass. It will not be delayed. And I know there's a lot of people sitting there going, well, that better be the word of the Lord. Because every single human being has a prophetic desire in them for more. Everyone. Everyone. This, if we did a survey this morning and, you, you, and it was an anonymous one or a public one, it doesn't matter. Every single person in this room has desires or promises or something in them that is not yet fulfilled. And it's a prophetic mandate from the Lord that actually draws us to Him, draws us to eternity, draws us to more of the kingdom. Why do you think we put up with all this stuff and do all this stuff, if not for something of a heavenly calling? And so I want to break this passage down a little bit. Um, We can throw it back up on the screen. And uh, I want to just look at this first part where it says here, I'll climb up to my watchtower and stand on my guard post. And I've really summarised that as prayer. I'll climb up to my watchtower and stand at my guard post. That's the place of prayer. It's the place of prayer where we go somewhere and we get alone with God and we actually petition Him. And as we can see here, Habakkuk was annoyed at something. He was getting frustrated. Some might throw back to him, oh, you need to be patient. Well, he says to the Lord, no, I'm getting frustrated. I'm, I'm getting anxious. I want more. And the Lord knows our hearts. If our prayer is from a heart of righteousness, then God knows He can get through all our language barriers and all our little inhibitions and our fears and insecurities. He gets through all of that and He knows our heart. And so prayer is that first position when we're thinking about delays and delivery of promises, prayer is the place to start. And I want to encourage you today, there's probably things sitting on your heartbeat that you might have even given up praying for. I want to encourage you, put them back on the mantle, put them back on the prayer place, put them back on the list, because prayer is the foundation of God breaking through. And we'll see, see that in a minute. The next part of that says, there I'll wait to see what the Lord says and how He will answer my complaint. And the second point I want to make is that is called patience. It's got that word wait in it, patience. It's a very frustrating word. In fact, it gets annoying when you're even faced with that yet again, especially if you've been waiting something for years and years and years and years and years go by and you haven't seen the fulfilment of the promise. Patience. Abraham waited 
a whole generation for the promise to be fulfilled. And yet it was fulfilled. If it's the words, Lord, over your life, if you have an anchor of truth in your life that it's from Him, you can hang on it. Don't give up. Don't give up. Whatever it is, however you might have stuffed it up in the past, you might have aborted it. You might have done uh, an Ishmael, if you like. And if you want to read about that story, Ishmael was brought about not of the promise. He was brought about of the flesh. And so sometimes we do that in and of ourselves, don't we? We, we try so hard to make it happen, but it's actually an Ishmael. It's not God's calling and it's not His promise. And so sometimes we have to wait. I want to read you a quote from a Roman poet, Ovid, his name was. And he says, At times it is folly to hasten, at other times to delay. The wise do everything in its proper time. This is the hard part about life sometimes, is it might be right for someone else, but wrong for me. Or it might be right for me and wrong for someone else. So we have to hear the voice of the Spirit of God over our life, our situation as to what's the proper time. Let's keep reading through Habakkuk. It says, Then the Lord said to me, Write my answer plainly on tablets so that a runner can carry the correct message to others. Now, I reckon this is kind of the pinnacle of this passage because the way I interpret this particular verse or sentence is interpret the message clearly and correctly. Sometimes we get a calling or a yearning or our initiative finds something that we desire in the Lord or in and of ourselves, but we get the interpretation wrong. So the revelation may be right, but the interpretation is wrong. And so we actually abort it. Maybe we shoot it out a little bit early or maybe we wait too long. Or maybe we don't act in a way that actually is right to act. So we actually, what, what we take what God wanted to make really clear and write on tablets for us to follow and obey. And maybe he was saying, you know, wait for as he is here to Habakkuk, write it down, wait for it. Don't press go just yet. Even though your flesh, let's go for this thing. Let's do this thing. Let's do this thing. And then we actually create an Ishmael and we actually abort what God set out to be very clear and very plain. So sometimes we have to really hear the Word of the Lord and then filter it through our flesh, through our own natural carnal desires of go, 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 and let's make this happen now. And actually we have to say, all right, Lord, let's write this down. Let's get this thing really clear. I might need to get a scribe or some counsel or some help on this thing to make it very clear so that I can actually follow this thing and run with it really properly. Interpret it properly. The next bit says, this vision is for a future time. It describes the end and it will be fulfilled. When God speaks to us, maybe you've had a prophetic word or maybe you've just had gifts and desires and things deep inside of you for a long time or maybe just a short time. These are prophetic seeds that are planted in our spirit. They're prophetic seeds. And when we see them as prophetic seeds, then it's our job to treat them wisely and to cultivate them. Sometimes uh, the greatest prophetic words you will get in your life are then followed by the greatest desert experiences in your life. I'm sorry. (laughs) Let's call out some people and give some prophetic words. 
I don't know about you, but I've seen it on others' life and I've, I've had it myself. I've seen it all my life. I've seen people get amazing prophetic words and then they go through this time of testing, this time of grappling with, was that the Word of the Lord? Uh, they, and they might be faced with temptations and trials and things like this. And I don't believe that has to happen or it always happens, but it's just something that sometimes is apparent. And so... What we have to do is recognise that prophetic seed and begin to water it. Water it in prayer, water it in faithfulness, water it in uh, getting God's Word on the clarity and the interpretation and how this is to come to pass. Uh, because that's wisdom, isn't it? That actually searches something out. And so sometimes that prophetic seed is just that. It's a prophetic seed. I believe there's many, many prophetic seeds that God plants in our lives that if we're just lazy on, if we just forget about and we have no faith, they never come to fruition. Or sometimes we might be seeking the opposite. We might be going for something so hard in our soul, not in the spirit. We might want something so bad that God might actually give it to us. I want to give you a biblical example. His name was King Saul. The people of God were one with the Lord. They were one with the Father. They had an intimate relationship with Him, the Word of the Lord. But they wanted a king. They wanted a king so bad they cried out. And so in the end, the Lord said, well, if that's what you if you want a man, instead of direct intimacy with me, then I'll give you a man. But they reap what they sowed. And sometimes God will give us, if we just annoy Him that much, He will give us what we deserve. And He will release it to us. He'll say, okay, you wanted that thing so bad, you can have it, but you're going to reap the harvest of the flesh. And the Bible talks about that. What we sow to, we reap. If we reap to the flesh, we'll sow. If we sow to the flesh, we'll reap from the flesh. The Spirit likewise. And so we have to sometimes be careful. Is this a soulish desire and prayer or a spirit desire and prayer? And the two run so close together sometimes that we need such wisdom and clarity of, of insight and sometimes time to, to let it gestate properly so we can actually search out the Lord's voice in that. The last part of this says, if it seems slow in coming, wait patiently for it will surely take place. It will not be delayed. And I summarise that as the promise. The promise. God has a promise over your life. There's not one person in this room that He hasn't got a calling on. There's not one person in this room that he hasn't ordained with something in the kingdom to be doing. It could be some of these stages. It might be prayer. It might be waiting for the promise. It might be interceding, loving on people, sharing. It might be doing any of those things. But there is a kingdom calling for each and every one of you. Don't let the enemy ever say that you're an outcast or you've failed too much, or you haven't got a voice, or you, you're not good enough. All of these things are from the enemy. None of these things are from God. And God has a promise over your life so that you will be successful. It's one of those things we often face, maybe even in South Australia more than in some of the other states. You know, we're in a state that sometimes economically struggles a little bit, and we don't necessarily have these booming tech businesses and some of the, the big name stuff. But you wouldn't want to live anywhere else, would you? And, uh, uh, but sometimes, you know, the enemy can make us feel lesser than because of that. When actually God's placed you and I here for a specific reason and a specific time. And we live in a very, very blessed city. 
We're even a blessed land, a blessed city. We are so free. We have uh, great abilities and talents. And I believe that we are not to settle just for the status quo of what maybe the economic situation is around us. God will give you opportunities. He will give you ideas. He will give you creativity. But sometimes we need to begin the momentum. I don't know about you, but um, sometimes it feels like the Lord is waiting for me. Other times it feels like I'm waiting for Him. And you need to just work out which is it. Maybe it's both. But there are times when I believe He is saying to us, like I feel for, for men, that there is a momentum that we can give our household if we will take up the challenge, if we will take up the calling. But if we don't, that momentum won't be created or it will be created in a different way, but it won't be the same. And it's the same for every single one of us. We carry a spiritual momentum that we can begin to move and it all starts with our relationship with the Father. It all starts at that place where we can begin the kingdom wheels, if you like. They can be turning right now. Even as we sit here, you, you can begin praying and tune out to me and begin activating your spirit and begin saying, all right, Lord, yeah, I'm actually going to begin momentum in my life. I'm not going to settle for the status quo anymore. I'm not going to settle just for what the, the advertiser says is an issue in the South or an issue in South Australia. Kingdom believers are beyond that. We as kingdom people carry heaven inside of us, which is not bound by the socioeconomic status of South Australia. We're not to be limited by those things. Hopefully we can come up with solutions to help some of those things. And sometimes it, it can just be a yes when everyone else is saying no. It can be prayer. It, it can be some practical assistance or whatever it is. God is not limited by poles. He's not limited by the status of our environment. He is so much bigger than that. And if you've settled for that or even got a bit depressed about the environment or the economic situation, I want to give you a good pill today. And it's a heavenly pill that says you don't have to listen to that because God's put inside of you and me something greater. Now, sometimes we need to step out and begin the momentum and it's called faith. You might not be seeing it, so we begin to activate faith. We begin to live in faith. Maybe we begin to look in different areas, if it's a job or a promotion or a breakthrough or a business idea or whatever else. We begin to search things out. Anything I've ever done and, and in both of our lives, in anything we've had to do, where there's been investment or whether it be business or in any area, it's actually taken us a year or two or three of actually a lot of hard work. Wouldn't it be amazing if we just had a prophet next week who came and just prophesied millions over you, just floated into your letterbox a check for a million dollars. I mean, it would just be amazing. You know, this guy would sell out the entertainment centre wherever he goes. But isn't that just the way God doesn't work like that? He just doesn't work like that. Because there's something about the journey of faith that He loves. That journey, like Habakkuk, maybe we're complaining or maybe we're just, we have this inward frustration. Most people that I talk to, including ourselves, because I talk to the mirror regularly, has an inward frustration. Promises unfulfilled equals frustration. Promises unfulfilled. 
I want to encourage you, you're in good company. Habakkuk was like that. And then the word of the Lord comes to him, just like the word of the Lord is coming to you today. If you get in your place of prayer and you get those promises out and maybe you write them down clearly or maybe you get some articulation on them from others who love you and who are wise and have grey hair and I'm getting more grey hair now, so I'm getting wiser. But these things are good things. They are promises of God. Do not let them go. Do not let them go. Maybe you got it wrong. Maybe you, you, know, you created a, a bit of a monster for yourself by getting it the wrong way. We all do that from time to time. But I want to encourage you. God wants to bring about those promises in your life. He wants to bring destiny opportunities in your life. He doesn't want you in lack. He wants you in surplus. Paul says he wants us in surplus so that we can be generous on all occasions with all people. That's why Paul says we should be in surplus. Surplus of energy, surplus of health, surplus of finance, surplus of capacity, of prayer, of ability, of thought, of time even. When sometimes we are so constrained on all of these things, we have nothing to give out to anyone else. But it all starts with us. It all starts with us. Will we be the ones who will get up on the, on the watchtower? Get up on the watchtower and actually then maybe be patient and say, Lord, come. And then we'll interpret it properly and then we'll recognise the prophetic calling over our lives. Galatians 6, 7, very simple passage which you all know very well. It says, a man reaps what he sows and so does a woman. We reap what we sow. What are you sowing now? What are you sowing this week? It's very easy with our cars to recognise when things aren't going right. I don't know about you, but I run low on fuel almost all the time. Hands up anyone else who does that. Oh, thank you. You make me feel better. My kids hate it. It adds stress to our school runs every morning. I'm on zero. Nah, I've done this before. I've got 20Ks at least left in this tank. See, there's more of you who do it. You can always tell. You can always tell. It's very easy with our cars to see when we're not putting in the right fuel or if we haven't got any fuel or if we're, you know, parked in the, in the area where you're meant to be going through a car wash when you actually want fuel. But as people, as humans, we don't make those same parallels because sometimes we wonder why there's just, why we're dry, why nothing good is happening in our lives or maybe we're not reaching breakthrough and yet we've been in the car wash. We're meant to be getting fuel. We're meant to be praying and seeking the Lord and waiting on Him. And we've been going through the car wash, oh, listening to podcasts. Please let someone prophesy to me. Just let it happen automatically. Just let it happen to me rather than through me. There's a difference. God wants to begin momentum inside of us, inside of us. Jesus lives inside of us. And sometimes we want everything else to do something for us. And all the while He's just saying, hang on, don't I live in you? Don't I live in you? Your kingdom of God is in your hand, Matthew says. The kingdom of God is at hand. That's very close. It's very close. But sometimes we just have to recognise it and tap into it or maybe get into that prayer tower or maybe be in the patient zone and recognise that His prophetic calling is on you. It's on you. And what you sow, you reap. If you've been sowing in the flesh, you're going to reap corruption, the Bible talks about, because the flesh is corrupt. But if we sow in the Spirit, we're going to reap life. 
So if you're not reaping life around you, look at what you're sowing into. Look at their time management. Look at your health. Look at what you're eating and drinking and, and, and putting into your body. It's the fuel in our bodies. And we're, we're huge on this. We're big on this. Why? Because there's such a link between spirit, soul, and body. And if we really want to be in tune in our spirit, if we get our bodies in tune and we get our soul healed up and fresh and clear of unforgiveness and bitterness, then we actually, as beings, we can live at a different level. We can live at a higher level where we're not bound by so many things like so many people around us. And so my prayer today is that you would ask yourself this question all week. You'd have this annoying Galatians 6, 7 going through your belt. They're going through your head. What am I sowing into? What am I sowing into my body? What am I sowing into my spirit? What am I sowing into relationships? What am I sowing out of my mouth? What am I sowing in my thoughts? What am I sowing? What I'm looking at, what I'm thinking, what I'm dwelling on, the time management of my life. There's so many really, really good principles out there that the world is using continually to be successful. And 90% of them are biblical principles. The Apostle Paul talks about keeping healthy. The Apostle Paul teaches how to keep good relationships. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But these things are foundational to us becoming successful people so that we have surplus to be able to share with other people. See, we're not a hospital, are we? The church is not meant to be a hospital. The church is meant to be a vibrant family that can bring life. And along the way, there's a few little hospital rooms. That's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Bit of healing and fixing up and rebuilding and restoring. But then there's life that comes through us. We're meant to be a river, a river that flows in and flows out. So I want you to stand this morning. I want to ask the worship team to come.